The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, we've been talking about uh, traffic lights and the proliferation of traffic lights, particularly pedestrian lights. You can often have six or seven sets of lights in the space of half a kilometre. Who do they serve or do they work really effectively at all? Well, I'm joined by uh, Conor Faulkner, transport commentator and CEO of the RIAC. Conor, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Hiya. First of all, where do traffic lights come from? Yeah, um, well, really electrification. So you're talking about the early years of the 20th century. Uh, The first proper set was, it began in America. The first proper set, apparently, Cleveland, Ohio, August 1914 um, and spread rapidly. They took it up in New York and a couple of other cities and by the early 20s, New York had gone red, amber, green. Um, Okay, who decided on that? Well, New York basically uh, or possibly Cleveland um, and it was adopted by Paris in 1923 and then Berlin and then London and before you know it, it was all over Europe and they codified that in 1931, standardised everything. But actually... Red and green was a terrible mistake uh, because of red-green colour blindness. Yeah. So if you were making that choice again now... Um, you, you wouldn't do that. You'd probably go amber would probably be stopped. So uh, what we do now, of course, if you are colour blind, you know that the one that's the lighting position, on top yeah. is the red one, the one yeah. in the middle is the amber one and the one at the bottom is the green one. Yeah, not ideal. Um, but, you know, baked into us in 1931 and we're stuck with it since. And they proliferated. Ireland's first set apparently 1937 um, and then I think County Leitrim, it wasn't until the 90s that there was actually... Um, yeah. um, London did experiment with the semaphores. How did that work? Yeah, this was um, pre-electrification in the 1860s, I think 1868. Um, they had a, 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 a semaphore arm signal uh, that was gas lit and gas powered. Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to do the same thing. Um, after a couple of months, it exploded and it killed the policeman operating it. So uh, not an early success. It was really electric and, of course, the spread of car use. And you could date that probably from the Model T Ford in America. Now, so, uh, the, the, sometimes uh, they use different uh, sequences. For example, in Britain, you still get orange before the green to kind of, on your marks, get yeah. set, green, yeah. go. The starting amber. We don't use it in Ireland. It's not, as used to be said, that, you know, ours weren't advanced enough. That's a setting. You turn it on or off. We've never used it in Ireland. Um, debatable how much good it does. In theory, it means people don't dawdle. In reality, it can sometimes mean people jump. Um, yeah, so in Ireland, we may be jumpers, but also yeah. we're very slow. Oh, the light is green. Let me just, I'll push the clutch in now and I'll release the high brake and then I'll, I'll yeah. put it into first gear. Meantime, the lights have turned red again. Yeah, and the starting amber in theory, in theory, speeds up that process. But, you know, nobody's perfect. (laughs) Now, we have many, many sets of traffic lights. In uh, relatively recent decades, they introduced, instead of the pedestrian crossing, which had the Belisha beacon flashing, and the the rules Mm. were... You put your foot on the pedestrian crossing, the cars must stop. Yeah. They replace them with traffic lights. Yeah. And, you know, when people who are of, a, of an age will remember growing up, learning how to use a zebra crossing, you know, when you arrive at the crossing, put one foot down. That legally gives the pedestrian right of way. Traffic must stop and across you go. And marked, as you say, by Belisha Beacons. That's another one from the 30s in the UK, isn't it? Particularly? Yeah, it's uh, Leslie Hoare Belisha, Minister for Transport. In 1934, he added beacons to 
to pedestrian crossings. A good day's work. A good and, day's uh, work. And we use them here in Ireland as well. I don't quite know why they fell out of fashion, Pat. Uh, right up to the modern age in Dublin, for example, um, there's over a thousand junctions in Dublin managed by Dublin City Council. Um, they actually manage Dunleary's and, you know, a lot of... Yeah, we have Felicia Beacons in our borough at the moment. Yeah. Uh, in a number of places, uh, they're now LED driven mm. and often they are solar powered. Uh, yeah, so very efficient and very simple and very suitable for a lot of traffic environments. I'm picturing the route into Dunleary, for example. Uh, the cars use it, but it's extensively traffic calmed and speeds are slow and it's kind of ideal. Uh, you'd think there'd be a role for that in you know their plans for Dublin city centre. Um, but you're right, they seem to have fallen out of fashion, even though some are dotted around. Um, in, in Dublin, all of the um, lights, there's over a thousand junctions and they're all now managed uh, collectively via the SCATS system. It, it's an Australian piece of software software, Sydney Coordinated Adaptive Traffic System, right? Dublin City Council have it. And essentially, it, it has induction loops that count all the cars and traffic mm-hmm. going through. And then it algorithmically optimises the flow, junction by junction. And it will do that automatically and, and try and keep the system smooth. DCC are watching it through their cameras. They have a bank of operators in Wood Quay, And they can physically intervene at any point for any reason. So they can, for example, prioritise, they have a good system for prioritising buses. They can prior, They can deliberately hold traffic. Often a motorist will say to me, I was stuck at a junction. I could see there's a massive tailback behind me. I can see the bloody junction is clear. The lights are still red. Yeah. Actually, there is a good reason. They're holding traffic there to relieve congestion further along the route. And they're doing it adaptively and dynamically. Not always getting it right, not yeah. always brilliant reasons. Um, and they yeah. can do things like, you know, press the setting for its match day in Croke Park and have, you know, the lights switch to that setting, etc. So it's a good adaptive system. Yeah. Um, they used to do it at Christmas time, I know, um, mm. for com- traffic coming into town and in huge numbers. And they would actually bring the traffic in in waves to allow it to... Yeah you know, spread itself around the city and get into car parks and all the rest. Yeah, and it's all pretty logical. And as I say, originally traffic lights would have done it with dumb timer sequences. Yeah. So you set it, you know, set it like an old-fashioned alarm clock and let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they, they are connected to the One network. of the, the problems, though, with the, uh, the traffic uh, lights, the pedestrian lights that are, you know, triggered by the yeah. pedestrian, they go up, they press the button, and it, normally there's a 20, 30-second wait before yeah. the lights will change. But they just run across the road anyway. So they've gone. They've There's gone. no reason for the light to turn red, but red it turns. Yeah, yeah. And then all the traffic and, is and stopped. Your, and your Belisha Beacon uh, solution is, is, a, is a much better that. solution for that specific situation. By the way, a, 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 I should say a lot of pedestrian crossings are not connected to scats. Yeah. They're just doing their thing. Um, and one press, one press only. It makes no difference whatsoever to the robot. Bang, 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 on it. Um, and and if some of them are reactive. Some of them are dynamic. Some of them are solar powered. Some of them just don't bloody work properly um, but but generally speaking they tend not to cause What's problems. your view on roundabouts? Because ah. I've seen roundabouts being replaced by mm. complex traffic signals at junctions yeah. and my experience would be the bigger the roundabout the more effective it is. These small little Mickey Mouse roundabouts well, there's different types and, you know, different local authorities try out different things and do their own sweet thing. In Dublin, for example, with our four local authorities, for a while there, you could get four or five different versions of the speed bump, umpteen different versions of roundabouts, some of which are just painted dots on the road yep. intended to serve as traffic cameras and some of which are big ones. And people will remember the massive roundabout. We still have Walkinstown roundabout, but, but people will remember when the M50 junction, Red Cow, 
used to be a roundabout, which was a sort of a spectacular underestimation of, of design need. It had traffic lights on a roundabout yeah. on a motorway junction was bonkers beyond belief and had to be upgraded subsequently. Um, and some are just kind of small, discreet in suburban housing estates and, you know, depending on how the locals behave, uh, it can work reasonably well. Now, uh, people are very exercised about this. Mm. Ask Connor, was there a change in traffic light sequencing after COVID to give less time to motor vehicles and more time to pedestrians in a further effort to frustrate the private motorists? Well, not spe- not specifically uh, because of COVID, although they did do extra pedestrianisation during the COVID period. But yes, as a trend, absolutely. I mean, I was talking about Dublin City Council literally having the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. They yeah. have 280-odd cameras. They can see the whole city. And they're sitting there. They can, and there, there are deliberate settings to give priority to buses, to bikes, and to pedestrians at the expense of cars. That is policy. They do do it. They have a very slick system for detecting buses and trams and letting them through junctions. Yeah. But it, Actually, it, Pat, interestingly, they're not great at detecting bicycles. And that's not DCC's fault. It's just a little harder for any of these traffic systems to properly count the bikes. Yeah, because so they, they don't trigger anything when yeah. they... Because anything could trigger a bird. If a bike can trigger it, uh, yeah. a heavy bird might trigger it. You know, yeah, it, and there may be solutions even involving AI and stuff like that. But for now, it, it, it's a little harder than you think. So DCC would love to give more priority to bikes and would if they could. Yeah. Um, and they certainly do for, for buses and for trams. Now this one, I commute by bus from West Dublin to the city centre, not bad as far as Houston Station, but between Houston and my stop in Townsend Street, there are 17 sets of traffic lights. Yeah. Seven bus stops and as often as not, a wait for a change of bus driver on the quays. Travelling about two kilometres often takes 45 minutes. That's mm. Andrew Luke and that's public transport. Yeah, uh, and that's the congestion in Dublin city centre, um, which is, you know, well discussed. Uh, what Dublin City Council plan to do is essentially force out the private cars and thereby make more space. Um, but, you look, the, what this city is suffering from, we've two million people booming and growing despite our problems. We want to build, 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 more houses, more everything. Um, the city must have an underground network. Yeah. Must do, must yeah. do. But, uh, you know, and, what's happening now is uh, with all these bollards and narrowing of lanes and so on, it slows everything down. Yeah. Everything down. Yeah. So and I'm just wondering if the design. cure is worse than the disease, well, to be quite well, honest. Well, in some cases, it's bad design. I mean, I cycled in this morning. I cycle a lot. I personally detest the plastic wands that have proliferated. Uh, they do no good. The only protection is psychological. They're not going to help if a car actually swerves. But what they do do is restrict the cyclists, narrow. It, it, it's, you know, not everything they're trying to do is correct. But But... They are trying specifically to do things to favour bikes and e-bikes. And we do, in the totality, have to accept that that's good policy, even if they don't always get it right. Uh, We've been living in a roadwork nightmare in Ashburn for the last few years. Works that were supposed to be complete by June last year still ongoing with no end in sight. Mm. To compound the misery, the council have littered the place with new traffic lights. On the main road through the village, with a length of just over one kilometre, there are eight sets of traffic lights none of them in sequence some of the pedestrian ones change colour without anyone pressing the buttons they seem to be on a timer as a result of this Ashburn traffic is akin to that of a major city Mm. absolutely zero planning that's from Jerry. Yeah Meath County Council there uh, and you know there are different I said Dublin City Council uses SCATs Uh, that's actually Betamax to VHS if you like the more popular one is a system called Scoots which most European cities use Cork uses Scoots I'm not specifically sure 
sure about Mead, but I doubt they have uh, that, that sophistication of network. Um, and look, that sort of thing does happen. Um, Ashbourne's a very busy place. It's it's Dublin commuter. Another belt. one here. I dropped my wife and three others at Borgosh Theatre last Friday evening. It then took me five light change sequences to get mm. back north over the Samuel Beckett Bridge. Uh, crazy stuff. Mm. Man-made congestion. And you know the... It the can way, really feel like But that, the way yeah. they've governed who can turn left or right yeah. on the Samuel Beckett Bridge seems to be forcing people to pay money on the East Link. That seems to be the intention. Uh, yeah, not, uh, perhaps. And of course, Dublin City Council now keep that money. East Link is supposed to be toll free after 30 years. Not a bit of it. Promise broken, toll mm. retained, and they now get the money. So conspiracy theorists have plenty of evidence. But genu- genuinely, uh, Dublin City Council will declare they're telling us all yes we will favour uh, buses and bikes but when you get down to the level of an individual junction and it feels to the motorist like it's being done out of spite um, <laughs> that is probably not true um, probably not true although you know <laughs> Well you know if they're ide- uh, ideologues I'm going to sort out yeah. those I come into work on a bike I'm damned if I'm going to let those people in cars have the comfort of a motor car when which, I'm on a bike Which is a rather childish attitude isn't it given that the poor motor car user is a bloody prisoner I mean if, if they could come into Dublin City Centre on an underground that is what they would be doing Sure um, it seems to me that the traffic lights are set to delay and frustrate drivers with the ultimate aim to get us all out of our cars mm. and onto the non-existent public transport. Yeah, and and look, it, it, it is very difficult to refute that um, because that is stated policy. And, and I, I've said before, Pat, to me, it is a generational mistake for Dublin City uh, to go with bus connects and buy a massive fleet of buses and build bus motorways feeding the city instead of biting the bullet and doing the underground, which the city is eventually going to need. Another one, who decided to put pedestrian lights 20 yards from roundabouts? Now, this often happens mm. that you come off a roundabout and yeah. bang, you're faced with a pedestrian light, which means if you can't see it as you come off the yeah. roundabout, and I can think of one particular place anyway, um, that you, you even though you're going at a relatively modest speed, you suddenly have to jam on. If the guy behind you is not paying attention... Yeah. Bang, yeah, into uh, the back. It can be a hazard, but you have to think also about what the pedestrian wants to do because roundabouts more or less by definition are at junctions and pedestrians also want to transit through junctions. So you can't put a 50-yard detour on the pedestrian sure. because no matter what your designer wants to happen, the pedestrian will wind up going straight across at a more dangerous place. So there's, it, it, there is a bit of a design compromise there, which our towns and cities are littered with and are always going mm. to be because, you know, it's mixed environment, bikes, pedestrians, cars. All we had sorts. a text from someone yesterday saying, you know, when they were young, uh, they used to, as children, used to cycle uh, a lot more traffic now, of course, yeah. but they used to cycle without any cycle lanes and they mm. managed to get through everything okay. And he made the point, as an adult now, I'm happy not to have a cycle lane. For kids going to school, absolutely, cycle lanes, great. Mm. But why do we need to do this if everyone is a, you know, a sensible road user, yeah. that you could share the road more equitably by not having dedicated cycle lanes? Uh, and mostly that's what happens uh, on open roads, if you like. It, it's in urban environments where you're trying to compromise on space. Um, but you're right. I mean, uh, uh, take, take the cycle in the, the, the N11, for example. I mean, people will know the route, say, from Galloping Green through to Leeson Street. Yeah. Um, in theory, there's a cycle track there. In fact, it's a pain in the neck. You're going, it, it shares It shares the footpath. You With driveways. Bus stops. I, I've used that a few times yeah. and it's like uh, being on a roller coaster. It, it's, oh, a, it's an absolute course. If down. there's pedestrians at the bus stop, you have to weave past them. Your alternative is to go a couple of yards to the, to the right and cycle in the bus lane 
which is, you know, for a commuting cyclist trying to get where they're going is absolutely what they're going to do. And that will be a shared space. So, um, yeah, you know, in any city, in any town, you've you've got those sort of compromises. All right. Well, maybe they need to rethink the whole business, uh, you know, congestion, man-made congestion by uh, literally clogging up the city with all sorts of ideas. Connor, thank you very much for joining us. Transport commentator and CEO of the RIAC. Uh, thank you very much. Now, coming up later on News Talk to mark St. Valentine's Day, we are going to review five... News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.